Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Whelan Engineering. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. We talk all things grassroots racing, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Rickey, out in Connecticut. My name is Chris Wilner, MRM Pit Reporter here in Concord, North Carolina. Kyle, we are nearing the end of May already. Lots to talk about, uh, but finally we got to talk about some NASCAR Pinty Series. We're going to kick off the show with that, because they finally opened the season. I know we always seem to wait every year deep into May before we get to talk about the NASCAR Pinty Series, but Sunset Speedway was the site of the season opener, and what a great race with Trayton Lapsovich coming out on top over a star-studded field. Uh, good way to kick off the season, always at sunset when it's a barn burner like that. Yeah, and a great race. Came down to a last lap pass on Alex Gwinnett, who was the race leader at the white flag. Trayton jammed it in there. You know, I say it uh, year in and year out. I love this series. It's the shortest series that NASCAR has all year as far as time-wise, but uh, they provide a lot of excitement in a short period of time, and they kick off the season in fine style. Sunset Speedway and, uh, you know, familiar name back in Victory Lane, Trayton Lapsovich, second-generation driver, uh, going to be an early contender for this year's championship going to uh, Mossport this weekend. Yeah, and Mossport is a fantastic road course. If you have not been, if you've not seen it, you need to tune into that race. Uh, and it's, it'll be easy to look at some of the favorites too there, Kyle. I mean, Antoine uh, or Mark Camer uh, Mark Camerand, and I should say LP Dumoulin, you know, the defending champion. Uh, Cameron yep. and Dumoulin, the multi-time series champion. Uh, you know, they were a little bit disappointed when you don't open the season with, with a win or heck, even a top two finish. So, you know, those guys are going to be fired up going to Mossport. Yeah, and Alex Tagliani had a bit of an issue at, at Sunset last week. He's a really good road racer. Uh, we should mention Mossport is also Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. Uh, forget to mention that a moment ago. The NASCAR uh, Craftsman Truck Series ran there for a number of years. It's kind of a, a staple for the NASCAR Pinty Series up there in Canada, usually running there twice a year. Uh, a great road course and uh, going to be another good race this weekend as we go back-to-back -back weekends north of the border. Yeah, can't wait for it. NASCAR Pinty Series, again, like Kyle mentioned, back in action again on Saturday. Now, before we get to today's guest, who, by the way, is uh, knows a thing or two about winning races. We're talking about Justin Bonson, you're the uh, three-time uh, NASCAR Wheel and Modified Series champion. Uh, Kyle, we're going back to Riverhead, and it's the first of three for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour as we get set to uh, get the series back in action. One of the coolest racetracks, and, and uh, they just opened their season not too long ago, probably about a week ago, so a fresh start to 2023 uh, what can we expect at Riverhead? I mean, I feel like you can always talk about the Bonsignors and the Kobe's and the Silks, but, uh, you know, a bull ring like that and a storied racetrack like that always brings out maybe some new faces. Yeah, and, and Timmy Salamito's going to run. That's been his home racetrack for a long time growing up there on the island. Uh, you might get a Kyle Soper up front who uh, has found success there in recent years, one of the Riverhead Raceway regulars, but uh, you touched on a lot of the names there. Ron Silk coming off a of spring sizzler win. 
Doug Kobe uh, picking up a win there in this race a year ago. And we'll talk to Justin here in a little bit, the most recent winner at Riverhead Raceway and, and kind of grew up there. He won his first ever NASCAR wheel and modified tour race there nearly uh, well, more than a decade and a half ago now, pushing two decades, hard to believe. So uh, it's his home racetrack. So I think they're all going to be contending up front at 8 p.m. on Saturday night on Flow Racing. I'm curious. I mentioned it is the first of three visits for the tour this year. Do you, you like that, that maybe certain racetracks we have multiple races at? You know, kind of like we do on the NASCAR National side. We'll visit Kansas a couple times and things like that. But do you think the tour guys enjoy that? Maybe they can learn something this round that sets them up for success later on if things don't go well? Yeah, no, I like that. Um, you know, and I've seen that on the tour for a number of years. I know they used to go to the Thompson Speedway, you know, three, four, Five times a year uh, in the mid 90s. Same thing at, at the Stafford Speedway, New Hampshire Motor Speedway, four times. And as some of those racetracks scale back their modified tour schedules, uh, Riverhead Raceway kind of picked up uh, what they were doing. And, and, you know, they've always run, I believe, two races uh, minimum and now picking up three events. I believe this is the second out of the last three years that they have had uh, three events at that racetrack. It's a fun place. To, it's fairly easy to get to. Um, even from New England, if you like to take the ferry over from New London, a lot of the modified tour teams based down there on Long Island, uh, which has you know been a modified hotbed for for decades. So um, yeah, I like it. It's a fun little racetrack. Uh, they always pack the house there, uh, no matter how many times the tour runs there, and it should be a good race. Looking forward to it, and uh, we're going to dive into with our guest who's joining us on the phone coming up on the flip side of this break. That is. Justin Bonsignor, we're going to talk about Riverhead and the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour season to this date. Stand by, that's after the break here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheel and Engineering. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheel and Engineering. As promised, standing by on the phone, it is multi-time NASCAR Wheel and Modified Series champion and former Riverhead winner, Justin Bonsignor. Justin, uh, we get to finally go back to Riverhead, the first of three stops this year. How excited is you, you and your team to go back to that storied racetrack where you've got a lot of history, my friend? Yeah, of course. We love uh, we love going home. Um, a lot of fans and and family and friends that come out and watch us race and uh we typically uh unload well and and compete and contend for wins so we're hoping to do that again and most of all it's just nice to not have to travel for once uh these are the only three races of the year for me that are are within a couple hours uh this is 20 minutes away so that's nice and i'm just looking to uh continue on with uh, the success we had last september we we struggled there for a year and a half for our standards and how we feel we should run and uh, got back to uh, victory lane uh, at the end of last year and, and had a really good car that night. We're hoping to do the same again this weekend. So by my count, you have nine tour wins there. Um, other than just general experience and growing up at that racetrack, what are some of the keys to success in getting those nine wins, you know, without giving all your secrets away, of course. 
Oh, well, you know, it always boils down to you got to have a good race car. And, uh, you know, since Ryan Stone's come on board, we've, we've, uh, I think we've won four or five of those races, but, um, you know, there's a lot of things that, that go into Riverhead, you, get, you know, long race, no pit stop. Uh, you gotta have uh, a car that will keep the tires on it, but at the same time, you be set up too tight because if you don't roll through the center of the corner, um, you, you get a lot of wheel in the car to make a turn and then it gets loose off and you burn the tires off anyway. So it's a really fine balance of, of making a car turn in the center, but still being tight enough to keep, uh, keep forward driving it for, for the long, uh, long race with, uh, with no tires. So, uh, it's a big balance, but you know, we can, we can unload there. And with my experience, I, I know right away in practice, um, typically very confidently that, you know, we need to make some changes or, or we're in pretty good shape. It's just, uh, like you said, the experience, I think of, of racing there for so many years, uh, with a lot of success at the same time gives you good confidence in, in knowing what adjustments and plans to make in your race car during the day for when it's going to be a night race. How big, I mean, obviously your notebook there has to be big just from over the years, but how much has your setup notes and things changed? How has the racetrack changed to where you guys kind of have to tweak that each and every year or has it stayed relatively consistent? It's actually changed a lot. Um, the racetrack went through some repays in the corner, um, I want to say in 2019, uh, they repaved one end of the track. And then I believe during COVID, they repaved the other corner. And then at the same time, they started spraying the PJ1. Um, so every time we go there, it tends to be a little different. Um, it's been a few years now with the pavement, but uh, each and every time we go there, they will spray different lanes and, and they try and get it to be a pretty evenly raced two-group track, which um sometimes you go there expecting to be running around the bottom and you're running right around the top of this little quarter mile racetrack uh in the third groove and it's the fastest way around so um the, the racetrack itself and the management there will throw you for a loop with with how they prepare the track each time um but we before they did any of that back years ago we had a really good package there that you know we could show up with the same thing each and every time and we were confident that we could contend for the win and um kind of got thrown for a loop lost the race two years ago and then kind of chased our tails trying to to find some magic and like i said we got we got that back last september um and we're hoping that um what we what we found for that race will carry over into this year but i'm sure it'll take a little bit of tuning uh the weather's always different we go there in the spring the summer and the fall so um it's always a little different each and every time how long does it take you mentioned the track changes from race to race there relatively short day at the racetrack, limited practice, qualifying, and then the event. How long does it take to figure out what the track's going to do and how your car's going to react to the racetrack, depending on what the conditions are and depending on the PJ1 and, and you know, how the surface has aged and changed since the last visit there? Yeah, typically it takes um, two or three sessions of practice. You know, we can only go out for eight laps at a time, and then they'll cycle the cars off because of the pit gates can't can't have mm -hmm. a live uh, practice so um with my experience there and 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 everything i feel after the second or third run uh we kind of have a good idea of what uh what the track's going to do for that day and then ryan has his normal uh, my Stone has his normal adjustments that will will make for the race um and he'll kind of base that off of my feedback i am in no uh no way or means a, uh, a crew chief. So I, I just give him my feedback on what I'm thinking and I let him handle all the adjustments, um, you know, to the extent he wants to make them. So um, it's pretty quick process. Uh, track usually has speed in it right off the truck. Sometimes you go out there and your first or second run of the day will be your fastest. Uh, and then the track will actually slow down as you go on. So it's just keeping up with that, not chasing yourself too much and just 
using a notebook of what it did, uh, you know, last spring to try and make the right adjustments based off the temperatures and how the weather is that day. Let's take a look at this season. Uh, consistent to start. I know you're still working on that first win of the season on the national tour, but a second at New Smyrna, fourth at Richmond, and of course fifth last time out at Monadnock. How would you evaluate uh, your start to to the 2023 season? Yeah, it's been consistent for sure. Um, you know, it's last year was a tough one for us of a lot of inconsistency and, and failures. So this year it's been a good start to the year. Um, took a you know maybe fifth or eighth place car at New Smyrna and ran second with it and um Richmond took a second place car and finished fourth and the same thing at Manhattan finished fifth uh so we're kind of hovering there in that second to sixth place range I think um right now uh each and every week which is good you know if you put yourself in those positions every week and and contend in the top three to five you'll um you'll win races so um we're just top five in them to death right now and keeping ourselves in the hunt and um you know we've still Still not got our heads wrapped around the tire and what I'm looking for in the race car. Uh, still fighting a little bit of that and just, um, you know, trying to make it to the end of the races and, and have the most tire left at the end. So it's always a moving target. And, um, you know, we're, we're just trying to uh, trying to find what makes me happy and what keeps the car uh, fast at the end of these races. Three races, three different winners. I know you're looking to become the fourth this weekend, but as a veteran of the tour, how do you uh... – how do you see the competition for this year and then just the overall general health of the NASCAR wheel and modified tour right now? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been an impressive start. It was, you know, obviously great to see Silk's uh, new team get their first win together. And then um, seeing the Murphy team with Austin beers, get their first win uh, after numerous years on a tour is, is an amazing, amazing thing. And, you know, parody in our series is, is not a bad thing. Um, you know, for a lot of years, Doug, uh, Doug won a lot of races and we went on a stretch of winning a lot of races. And, um, that's, that's great for us and our teams individually, but it's not always great for the health of the series. So, um, the more parity we have, uh, I think that helps. It makes, makes, uh, the races more exciting to watch when there's different winners and you never know what could happen each and every week. And, um, you know, the schedule is, the schedule is going to be grueling this year, but, um, you know, another, I think our fourth race in here and we still have 30 cars. So. Uh, hopefully the car counts can stay up, and um, I think you'll, we got a lot of cool events this year with North Wilkesboro and, and Martinsville ending it again, and, and our typical New Hampshire races, Lancaster. There's a lot of cool races on the schedule, Seacounts back, so hopefully the fans can come out and support us, and hopefully we can put on good racing for them in the process. Yeah, and you mentioned that grueling schedule. I mean, this is the... Kyle Larson brings his Chevy Ford Tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top-tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help you your vehicle perform at its peak the most races the tours had in over a decade how has that challenged you and your team you know if any a little bit more in terms of the day the day-to-day and the you know the maintenance and things like that because i you know i can imagine for smaller teams uh it's a big you know big adjustment but for how do you guys handle that uh larger schedule this year yeah, it's, you know, it's tough for, for all the teams. You know, we only have Ryan, our crew chief, is the only full-time employee on the team. Everybody else is, uh, is volunteer, so they're they're sacrificing their vacation days and their sick days to go racing. Um, a lot of people on the series, I feel, must own their own companies or have easy bosses that uh, <laughs> let them miss days because we do uh, have a lot of travel for a, a series that's uh, mostly conducted or com- 
compiled of, uh, of volunteers. So uh, people are really flexible with that. I mean, it's been a slow start to the season. We've only had three races uh, since Speed Weeks in Daytona, so it's been spread out. But, um, you know, it's going to start hitting a little bit of a full speed here soon. And then, you know, late late summer, August, September, October are, uh, are going to be hectic. And hopefully the car counts don't get affected too much by that. But, um, you know, there's a lot of... Um, you know, locals or, or guys in certain areas that pick and choose certain races. And there always tends to be at least 25 to 30 cars at every race, which is, which is great. So if we can keep that up, I think that keep the, the series healthy. And um, it's definitely going to be tough. Uh, the travel is going to be tough this year. But, um, you know, NASCAR 75th year, they're trying to put together a big schedule for us. And you have to commend them for that. So hopefully, uh, hopefully everything can continue to be strong, though. My final question for you, uh, heading, you mentioned New Hampshire Motor Speedway here in a couple of months' time. Uh, that's scheduled to be, if all goes right here these next couple of months, your 200th start in the series, a multi-time champion now. Uh, does it feel like 200 starts for you? I knew that was coming this year. Uh, it's, I was looking at some stats over the winter, just looking at some things, and, and I noticed that we were close to that. So that's cool that it would be at New Hampshire. That would be uh, an amazing one to win possibly that day in their 200 start. But, um, yeah, it's been, uh, been a journey for sure. I started full-time in 2010 and I've been with uh, Ken Massa and his family and, and three technologies um, the whole time. So uh, I, I had two starts before that. So we've been together for the entire time nearly, and it's, uh, it's been a great relationship. We're friends away from the track. He's helped me, helped me personally with, a, you know, advice and, and just helping me grow up as an adult and, uh, it's helped me now get my business started together that we're we're partners in and um it's uh it's a great relationship and um hopefully we can get to 300 together um i don't know i guess if nascar keeps adding races it'll be a little easier but not getting any younger so uh, 300 would be the next goal i guess oh that's awesome that what a moment that'll be too for sure at new hampshire well before i let you go i gotta ask you when we go to your home track here this weekend at riverhead who's gonna be somebody that you know like okay i'm gonna have to probably race this driver or this driver for the win here this weekend? Who do you have your eye on? Yeah, there's a few for sure. Um, you know, Doug Kobe's uh, been on a real good hot streak there lately. Uh, but then again, Ron Silk and Austin Beers have uh, have been fast each and every week this year, and John McKennedy as well. So um, then there's host of local track guys, Dylan Slepian, good friend of mine, uh, works for Ken. Um, he, he's been fast on the weekly side of things. And uh, Eric Goodell, there's there's a handful of guys you just don't know until you, you get through practice and see what, uh, what people unloaded with. Patrick Elmerling's another one off the top of my head that just won there recently. So uh, hopefully we're we're up there with them and can just keep it uh, keep it under us for 200 good laps. Well, we can't wait to watch. It'll be live on Flow Racing. Justin, best of luck this weekend and the rest of the year. Thanks for uh, hopping on the show to discuss all things tour with us. Thank you, guys. Pleasure having uh, being on again, and hopefully we talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Justin Bonson, your three-time series champion, getting ready to go back to his home track at Riverhead Raceway, where he won last in September. Coming up next, we'll recap what's going on in the world of short track racing and take a look ahead to North Wilkesboro. Coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheelan Engineering. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheeland products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheeland Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay.
Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheel & Engineering. Great conversation as always, Kyle, with Justin Bontier, a driver you know pretty well throughout the years and uh, a guy that, you know, again, all eyes are going to be looking toward uh, here when the tour visits Riverhead this weekend. Yeah, hard to believe we're three races in and he is not yet taking a checkered flag, but I think his best shot is this weekend um, at, or again, a racetrack that we talked about earlier. He, he kind of grew up that, but, but a lot of the modified regulars have grown up at Riverhead Raceway, including you know, the likes of Timmy Salamito and such. So uh, going to be a good race on Saturday night. Let's go back and uh, take a look at what happened with the Ark Menard Series East out at the Nashville Fairground Speedway Music City 200. Luke Fenhouse picking up the win, a driver, a young driver, who's really making a name for himself here in the early part of the season. Uh, I think a lot of people tabbed him as a contender, uh, and it only took a couple races for him to find the checkered flag here for his first win of the season. Uh, what were your thoughts about his drive, Kyle? I think pretty impressive to say the least, Nashville is a super cool racetrack. Anytime ARCA visits there, obviously we talk about when the late models do and things like that with the All-American 400. But ARCA at Nashville always puts on a good show, and, and they did so again this past week. And he was about seven seconds away from not winning that race. Uh, Williams Zawalich, the race leader on the white flag lap, in turn number three, car spun in front of the race leaders. Caution comes out, and of course, it, under ARCA Menard's rules, uh, the races don't end under caution. They'll go back to at least one green flag lap. And when they did, Luke uh, made his move up the back straightaway on the final lap, moving to the inside of William to pick up the checkered flag and to win his first East win of the year. So another thriller uh, for the Arkham Menards East Series at one of the legendary short tracks of the Nashville Fairground Speedway. So uh, they're going to another legendary short track this weekend in Flat Rock for the first time ever for the East Series. Yeah, and, you know, for William Swalich, you're thinking, man, you know, my time's coming, right? Like, you look at what happened at Phoenix, and he was close at Dover, and now a last lap pass. I mean, he's got to be – he's there, right? It's just about, you know, maybe a little lady luck on his side. He was there. Oh, yeah. Uh, and if it wasn't for that caution, you know, he had, I think, eight or nine car lengths on Luke on that white flag lap. And then the caution came out, and uh, everything was reset for a one-lap shootout, which he uh, he came up short. Well, the consolation for William Swalich is, is he still is the Arca East points leader. So he walks away mm -hmm. with that. He did capture his third pole of the season, too, as well. So we know the speed behind that race car. So the Dutch Boy 150, Kyle mentioned at Flat Rock coming up this weekend. How about Billy Venturini's getting in the seat, Kyle? It's been, what, 17 years, I think, is the mark that, that team owner Billy Venturini with Venturini Motorsports is going to trade the owner's hat for a, for a driving helmet. I mean, how cool is that to see him get back behind the wheel this weekend? He says he's not coming out of retirement. <laughs> this is a one-off deal. It's the racetrack in which he never got to race on when he was competing. Uh, we've mentioned the Arkham and Art Series hasn't run there since uh, 2000. He wasn't competing full-time at that point. It's where his dad, Bill Venturini, uh, picked up his first ever Arkham and Arts win in the 1980s, I believe 1983. Billy uh, was there for a lot of those race wins that uh, Bill had at that racetrack, and he wants to compete there. Say he ran at the same track as his dad, and heck, mate, might win it you never know um venturini motorsports has been strong no matter where they go and no matter who drives those cars so billy may jump in knowing those cars very well and and do well here on saturday night wouldn't that be a story to uh to win at a racetrack where dad picked up his very first arco win nearly nearly 40 years ago yeah no kidding what a great story but also if you're the 
other Venturini drivers and you got the boss yeah. man out there. I mean, how do you how do you race against him, right? You're battling for your championship, your points, you know, throughout the year, but you also don't want to wreck the guy because you may be out of a job. So how do you approach that, you think? You get a lot of tiptoeing around the racetrack. You got to, you know, find the line and, and hold your line if Billy's uh, quicker. Um, be fun to watch. Either way, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really feel – it could be a very nice feel-good story come Saturday night, uh, no matter what Billy does on the racetrack, but especially if he's able to take the checkered flag. Good stuff. Looking forward to it at Flat Rock coming up this weekend. Let's get to some other news and notes, uh, Kyle. And, you know, the first things first, everybody's probably wondering, why haven't they talked about – North Wilkesboro yet, right? The ASA All-Star Tour, Cars Tours there to kick off uh, All-Star Weekend with the NASCAR Cup Series. Well, when we record this, they still haven't raced yet, Kyle. Mother Nature just laid down the hammer once again with an incredible thunderstorm that rolled through the area Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening, right after uh, cars were on the racetrack for practice uh, leading up to this highly anticipated event. So uh, as we record this, nothing's happened. It's going to be a triple header uh, on 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 Wednesday in terms of action on the racetrack, but we I'd like to visit it a little bit, especially when you look at this ASA National Tour. I mean, they're going to be the first ones out there before the Cars Tour, but again, a lot of heavy hitters are going to be running with it. Jordan Taylor is going to be out there as well. What what is the what is the vibe you think around this ASA National Tour, especially after a couple races into the season? That's a big deal, especially when you have Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the house and all of these other. NASCAR National Series competitors uh, that are that are there and and creating a lot of the hype around this event um, felt so bad for the teams last night um, full day of practice had some track issues that were quickly repaired so kudos by everybody there at the North Wilkesboro Speedway on on getting the track back together down in turn one uh, right in the middle of qualifying it started to rain um, it cleared out and then the big one approached about a half hour or so later. I mean, the, the skies were as dark as you'll ever see. Um, very ominous looking clouds rolled through and lightning. And at that point, uh, officials decided, let's just do it tomorrow. Going to be a huge triple header day. I don't know how they're going to put everybody in the infield and, and that whole transition period to get the cars toward teams in, to get the ASA National Series out. But I mean, the best of the best in short track racing uh, around the country, no doubt, are there between all of the events are going to happen here later tonight at North Wilkesboro Speedway to kick off a very busy week there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talked about it last week, too, the amount of Cup Series drivers and NASCAR yep. National Series drivers that are saying, you know, I need to be a part of this. Kevin Harvick, obviously mm -hmm. Dale Earnhardt Jr. But how about some sports car guys like Jordan Taylor running an oval and a prolate model? I mean, I didn't have that on my bingo card, but the re the reaction to him after running the road course at Coda in the Cup Series to fill in for Chase Elliott, I think, sparked his more interest to to get back and try some ovals. I mean, he's only been turning left and right his whole career, but it'll be interesting to watch. He's also in a Jeff Gordon livery, which is kind of cool. It's, it's got different sponsors, obviously, but it's got the rainbow colors. Uh, yep. What do you think about Rodney Sandstorm tackling the oval there at North Wilkesboro? I wonder if he'll have his Jeff Gordon jacket while roaming the uh, the infield over the course. Yes, that, that too. Um, yeah, former Rolex <clears throat> former Rolex 24 winner. Um, never saw that coming. Like you mentioned, uh, racing at North Wilkesboro Speedway in a, in a super late model. So it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, later tonight, as we record this, I think they're uh, kind of filling the infield as we speak um, with people. The cars have been there. Um, hopefully the track is dried out. The infield is dried out. Place looks great. So we'll have a great week of racing uh, beginning here later tonight. 
Yeah, and don't forget the 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 Cars Tour is on Flow, so of course folks yep. are going to watch this and say, well, it's over. We know that, but all season long you can watch Cars Tour on yep. Flow Racing. Some good stuff. We'll see if uh, old old Carson Quapel can uh, can get it done uh, yet again. All right. Uh, speaking of throwbacks in in North Wilkesboro, uh, I know NASCAR honored all the NASCAR seventy five greatest drivers uh, during Darlington Throwback Weekend. <laughs> Over the weekend last week, we don't need to dive into that, but I am curious, how cool would it be? And Now, all things aside, we do have a throwback weekend, I guess, with North North Wilkesboro, but to have a throwback weekend at a racetrack, whether it's Cars Tour, ASA, Pass, doesn't matter, but to maybe have an opportunity for teams to showcase some throwback schemes at a points-paying event, uh, how cool would that be to maybe kind of instill that on some of these national tours that travel the country? No, I love it. Um, the Arca Menards East, back then it was the K&N East, uh, did a throwback race at Thompson Speedway here in Connecticut a few years ago, back when Harrison Burton was running. Um, Jared Irvin was running, uh, Ernie Irvin's son, and he had the old Kodak scheme uh, on the racetrack, which was really cool. So we got a little bit of a taste of, of a potential or what was a throwback event on a regional series it would be cool to see it more i know rev racing jumped in um with both feet and uh, threw their cars back to some really cool designs from the 1980s it was fun um and, and it would be cool to see more i know it's a bit more expensive for those teams to go out uh create designs and and to get them wrapped for just one or two events um but i'd love to see it uh, i know hickory motor speedway has done it uh, the last couple of years uh i believe with the cars tour so um yeah it'd be fun yeah, no kidding. So hopefully we'll see more of it to come on our grassroots racing's level. All right, Alaska Raceway, folks, by the way, yes, they do race in Alaska. Their season yeah. did kick off on Saturday. You can watch that on Flow. That is one of the many grassroots and NASCAR on Flow uh, elements that you can check out on Flow Racing. So if you don't have a subscription, definitely get that. Uh, I did want to give a shout-out to Connor Zillage. It's a name that we've talked about a little bit picking up. Uh, a pro late model win on the cars tour side just about a week or so ago week and a half a week and a half ago this kid can win in anything he runs mx5 cup in mazda picked up a win out at laguna seca where i was this past weekend he's also done micro racing at millbridge on the dirt uh so keep an eye on, on young connor zilich want to give him a shout out too as well young racer in the making and i think he's going to be making a cars tour appearance uh here tonight when we record this on wednesday in the pro late model feature so uh, young Connor Zilich, one to keep an eye on here as we uh, go throughout the season. All right, Kyle. Well, enough of us talking. We got to get to, well, some of us get to North Wilkesboro. Uh, also, plenty of racing coming up on the calendar this weekend. Where are you going to be at now that Spring Sizzler's over? Are we back to normal Friday programs for Stafford? We are back to normal Friday programs. Quick shout out to Jimmy Blewett, who won the SK Modified season opener last week. His first SK win at Stafford since 2006. I did the math. It was like 4,285 days or something crazy like that. But yeah, we're back Friday night. Uh, the Open Modifieds will be in competition for a second consecutive week. Uh, and then we'll see what Saturday brings. Hopefully not rain, but that is right now what is in the forecast. Well, I'll do the rain dance for you, as I always do, Kyle. Hope you have a good show up there. And don't forget, speaking of North Wilkesboro, coverage live on the Motor Racing Network. That is your home for all things Wilkesboro when it comes to the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series on Saturday afternoon. Of course, the Pit Stop Challenge for our Pit Crews, uh, Pit Crew Challenge. And then, of course, Sunday's 
uh, NASCAR All-Star Race and the Open. Live coverage on MRN. It all begins Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time with Cup Series practice and, of course, the Pit Crew Challenge to follow. That's something, Kyle, that we didn't really get to talk a whole lot about, but I'm glad it's back. I remember the old days with the Pit Crew Challenges uh, and how entertaining it was for the fans and to showcase the men and women that really uh, are the unsung heroes, right, each and every week. And so to now have that back, it's got to be really cool. Yeah, started at the Rockingham Speedway back in, I think, the early 90s, maybe the late 80s, went away for a while. Uh, in fact, it just came up in my memories on social media, uh, the old pit crew challenges in like 2008, 2009, in downtown Charlotte, uh, when we used to cover them down there in, in the, the arena downtown. Those were fun, uh, seeing all the pit crews come together and and have a really controlled environment to host those competitions and and then they went to Charlotte Motor Speedway to set the starting lineup or, or help set the starting lineup for the all-star race. And, and now they're back at North Wilkesboro. So uh, going to be a good way to kick off the, uh, the NASCAR Cup Series portion of All-Star Weekend uh, on Friday night. Don't forget, MRN, again, North Wilkesboro coverage begins Friday. Hope if you're in the area, you're going to go check it out because it's going to be a week and I'm sure many people won't forget. Well, thank you so much to Justin Bonsignor for joining us. Uh, and, and, and providing us with some insight. Of course, good luck to him and the rest of the NASCAR Wheel and Modified crew out at Riverhead. For Kyle Ricky, my name is Chris Willner, producer Pat Jaggers. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Coast to Coast on MRN, presented by Wheelin Engineering on the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheelin is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Enjoy the racing weekend. Of course, we'll recap all things Wilkesboro and get... Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Set for, well, what is one of the biggest weekends in Charlotte down here as well, NASCAR Coca-Cola 600 weekend, Memorial Day weekend next week. We'll talk about it all next time. See ya.